Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Puck Off here on Black and Gold Productions, LLC. For the time being, a lot is changing around this organization, as I'm sure some of you have noticed, but this is not the place to go over all that. This is the place for Puck Talk. I am always joined by my co-host, Mr. Andrew Johnson, also of the Short Shift Podcast. Andrew, how have you been? It's been a couple weeks for us. It really has. Um, I'm kind of I'm kind of jonesing for uh, for some puck talk. And uh, so are the Toronto Maple Leafs, apparently. They always want to stay in the conversation. They always try to do things to make you scratch your head, have conversations. With what something. money? With what money are you doing this with? LTIR, of course. Oh, oh look at that. Okay. <laughs> Everyone's a uh, genius yeah. on LTIR now. Do you want to start with the Leafs or do we want to start? I mean, yeah, let's start, with, start the with the Leafs. Let's start with some recent news. Okay. So out of nowhere, essentially, I, I'm going to call it out of nowhere because, I mean, no one was looking at the Leafs going, they need a goalie. The Leafs today go out and sign today. It's, it's what, Wednesday night. So this will come out Thursday. So yesterday, go out and sign goaltender, 33 year old goaltender, Martin Jones. Boston Bruins one- legend. Oh yeah, legendary Martin Jones uh to a 1 year $875,000 contract. Why? Uh, do you know? Um do you ever have money that you don't have burning a hole in your pocket? Um they don't have money. It's called a credit card. They are <laughs> If you can ever be overdrawn on a credit card, that is what the Toronto Maple Leafs are doing. This is failing to take into account. They're still eight, now nine million dollars over the cap. So they've officially moved Matt Murray to LTIR. They're five million dollars over the cap. So, well, hold on. Uh, Latest, latest figures, according to cap friendly. They have both Matt Murray and Jake Muzzin on LTIR for a total of $10.3125 million. Okay. All right. So according to Cap Friendly, they are over the cap by 2.9 and change. Because they have ten to work with. Mm -hmm. So as it stands right now, they are. I think I forgot about Muzzin getting put on LTIR. Sorry about that. What's that? I think I forgot about Muzzin getting put on LTIR. That's okay. They still have a maxed out 23-man roster. Mm-hmm. All right. They have 47 of 50 contract slots taken up. Their reserve list is a little light. They have 64 out of 90 slots, but that's fine. The The real question is, with no second-round pick, no third-round pick in the 24 draft, no first-round pick in 25, and no second-round pick in 25, uh, and obviously unrestricted free agents pending Austin Matthews, William Nylander, Tyler Bertuzzi, Max Domi, Sam Lafferty. Uh, let's not forget on the back end, TJ Brody, now John Klingberg. Tim Lilligren is a restricted free agent pending. And Mark Giordano. Um, I guess the benefit is, is both of those goaltenders that I mentioned, Ilya Samsonov and Martin Jones are free agents at the end of the year. This is their window. They are clearly doing what Boston did last year. Yeah. So. Here's my question. Before this move, obviously, they still had an empty roster spot. They were still trying to shed money. Fine. Your plan and goal, if you're the Leafs, you had Joseph Wall and Ilya Samsonov. Joseph Wall, very, very small sample size. I think the goal would have been to pull a, I hate to say it, but a a Linus and Swayman 
kind of tandem with Ilya Samsonov trying to be your Linus Allmark and Jer- and Joseph Wall trying to be your, your Jeremy Swayman. Can he take that extra jump? Because that's essentially what the Bruins did this year. They had a veteran with a, with some question marks going into it, which was Linus Allmark. That's Ilya Samsonov right now, making a little more than you'd want him to, but you're okay with it because he's he he gives you a chance to win every night, and that's what you ask of your starting goaltender. He's turned into something. He's turned into what the Capitals envisioned him to be. Like I said, he gives you a chance to win every night with yeah. the roster in front of him. He's not going to give. He's not a star. Time. He's not a star, but he'll he'll he'll. As long as you don't overwork him, he's fine. He's Trent Dilfer. Trent, we've said that before. He's Trent Dilfer. With, what did Trent Dilfer do? He won a Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, with the right cast in front of him, Ilya Samsonov can pop off for thirty-five, possibly even forty wins. He could. He could at his ceiling. You want him playing 55, 60 games though. If you want the Linus Jeremy dynamic. Exactly. So you're probably one step below that. You're trying to shoot for a 30 win season for Ilya Samsonov and a 20 win season for Joseph wall, build his, you know, his um, confidence and get his game going, round it out. Then you go with Samsonov in the playoffs. If he falters, then you go to the kid. Kid, mm-hmm. I, we say kid. They're one year apart. Joseph Wall is twenty five years old. Ilya Samsonov is twenty six, so they're not <laughs> that far apart. That's the sad part. They're all kids to me, man. <laughs> they're all so, kids to us at a certain age, <laughs> right? So, it, so now you make this decision. We need a goaltender. Why? What is it that Ilya Samsonov is not giving you? He's giving you a chance to win every night. He's giving you a chance to develop Wall behind him. He's giving you a drain on your salary cap too. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned this yesterday on Twitter and I got some Leafs fans in, in the butthurts column because I said, gee, I wonder if this means they're looking at deal Samsonov. Well, gee, Ilya Samsonov is now making 3.5 against the cap. You need to free up they? three. Can, can they? they, can they deal him after? Because, because, they, he signed after arbitration. Yeah, you can deal him. You can deal him. You just can't walk away from the deal. You so can't walk away They, they the signed the deal, but then what you do afterwards is up to you. Exactly. You own the contract like any other contract. The arbiter just says, this is the contract. Have a nice day, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. And right. that's it. And so if I'm looking at it from Brad Treliving's perspective, well, guess who's got a bunch of extra draft picks and only one NHL starting goaltender on their roster? Who's that? Chicago Blackhawks. They just lost uh Staylock to free agency. They have Peter Morozik have... signed for 3.8. He's 31. And they have Arvid Soderblom, who mm-hmm. is 23 years old and on his ELC with two years left. Yeah. I'm not sure they're in a position to rush a goaltender right now when their main focus is trying to get Connor Bedard going. Well, They've got two third round picks and three second round picks. You mean to tell me for Ottawa's third round draft pick in 2024, if you're Toronto, it solves all of your cap problems? Sure. But let me give you a little stat about Martin Jones. The 2.99 goals against average or the 88.68 percentage? 2019, 
I'm not worried about 2019. I'm worried about what he can do for me right now. 2020, 896. 2021, 900. 2023, 887. Career, 444 games played, 225 wins, 2.71 goals against average, save percentage 90.5. My point being is for $2.5 million less, you're going to get about the same goaltending out of the two. However, are you? However, here's the thing. Martin Jones in the playoffs. He's played 60. He started 60 games in the playoffs. Samsonov in the playoffs has only started 16. Tell me. Those are some loaded shark teams that he kind of benefited on to be fair. Sure. But is this not a loaded Maple Leafs team? This is a loaded Maple Leafs team, okay. but if you're if you're calling if you're calling Ilya Samsonov Trent Dilfer, then Martin Jones Martin is, also Jones is Trent Martin, you know who Martin Jones is? If 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 Ilya Samsonov is Trent Dilfer, Martin Jones is Tony Banks. Mm, no, I, I think he's also a Trent Dilfer. If you I, really look at his numbers, he gives you a chance. All right. When when the team he's on is good, he can be good. So if you're looking for 30 to 35 wins out of Samsonov, well, guess what? Last year, you got 25 wins out of 27 wins out of Samsonov. And amazingly, how many wins out of Matt Murray? Just to, for and, context. Hold on. You got 27 wins out of Martin Jones. So you are, again, the only reason why I'm even considering it is because it puts me out of cap fuckery. I get a free pick for him. I don't have to deal with his arbitration next year. I don't really have to deal him all that much because he's on the Blackhawks at that point. Like he doesn't, it doesn't make me worse than I was when I had Samsonov and wall. You're putting an awful lot of weight on Joseph wall in this scenario though. Were you not putting a lot of weight on Joseph wall in the scenario when it's him and Samsonov? Hot take. I think you're putting less weight on him if it's Samsonov. Why? Because he's 26. Martin Jones is 33. Martin Martin Jones, if you're the Leafs, what do you think about? Like, like by by the number, you're going by career numbers. The numbers that I just the the numbers that I just gave you, the, the the raw save percentages, never being over 900 for the last five seasons. I don't know, man. I I think maybe Martin Jones gets a little bump being on the Maple Leafs, and if they if they uh, trade Samsonov, but I think if they trade Samsonov, this is going to end up putting more weight on Joseph Wall because you have five years of Martin Jones being below league average except for the one year with the Flyers where he was league average. Let me ask you this. All right. On an offensive perspective. All right. The Toronto Maple Leafs going into this year. Do you think they can average a full goal more per game than the Seattle Kraken could last year? Seattle Kraken uh, was top five in the league in scoring. If I remember correctly, they were fourth. Goals just, that's just off the top of my head. They had 289, but you know what? They also allowed 252. Last year, 
on the uh, let's see, Kraken was two fifty two, and then the Leafs were two hundred and twenty. So it was a thirty two goal differential between the two teams last year. One one without Martin Jones on it. One with Ilya Samsonov as the starter. Man, you really want to call him Ilya Sorokin. That's like the third time you've done that. Ilya Samsonov, Samsonov, Samsonov. Come on. So, it, but here's the, here's the other thing where I would also counter that with. Shots per game for Seattle, 30.5. Shots per game for the Maple Leafs last year, 32. They average a full shot more, which it's a good shot when you have it being Austin Matthews, Willie Nylander, someone like that taking the shot. That one, That extra shot and a half per game not to mention the shot against per game. Seattle was at 27. The Maple Leafs were at 29.5. They were right on par with each other. All right. Where you're going to see a huge difference. Kraken's defense versus Toronto's defense on the power play. All right. Last year, their net penalty killing percentage for Seattle was 79.2. For Toronto, it was 85.1. Tell me that doesn't make a difference in goals against and save percentage. Almost a 6% swing on the penalty kill. Mm -hmm. So the numbers, if you can replicate the same offense that you did last year with Toronto, first of all, it's not going to be the same. It's going to be better because you have a deeper offensive line than you did last year, a different uh, offensive lineup, and your defense is roughly the same, roughly. If you do roughly the same defensively as you did last year, you're fine with Martin Jones. Now, is it perfect? No. Can you upgrade? Sure. You can't upgrade with no money. And right now, your money is bold face, red, underline. You are so far in the fucking red, and this one move fixes that problem for you. Oh, and by the way, it gets you an extra draft pick that you didn't have before. I still think that there's an awful lot of trust being placed on Martin Jones and more trust on Joseph Wall than he than than he's proven to be worth. Um, if if you go and it gets the, significantly older too. Here, eh, yeah, but here's the thing: come playoff time, because the with let me ask you this: hmm. with Samsonov and Wall, do they make the playoffs? Yes. With Jones and Wall, do they make the playoffs? Yes. Okay. So first and foremost, why is there that much more pressure on Wall with Jones versus Samsonov? Either way, you're asking him to do half the season for you. Do you think? Mm -hmm. See, otherwise I you're think... sending him to Toronto, and now otherwise you're going. To... Otherwise, you're sending him to the Marlies, and you're going into the year with Martin Jones and Samsonov. And you're shredding money some other way. That's the only other option that you have right now. I mean, you feel better about Joseph Wall now, don't you? I mean, credit to you for thinking outside, but I think it's just, I think, I don't, maybe it's, maybe, maybe this might be a little bit of personal bias, but it, I don't trust Martin Jones in this situation. Like, I, no one's I trusting get, Martin. I get Jones that it's essentially they have to, they have to, they have to shed a contract. They have to shed a legitimate NHL player here. But 
Well, let me ask you this. Would you rather deal off Ilya Samsonov, as I've suggested, mm. or Willie Nylander? Oh, Samsonov. Exactly. But that's not the only option. Ah, but it sort of kind of is. Because if you look at Toronto, all right, look. right, let's look at who they have. Matthews, no movement clause. Tavares, no movement clause. Mitch Marner, no movement clause. Willie Nylander, modified no movement clause. Wants to be on the move, open to a deal. Tyler Bertuzzi, no movement clause. Max Domi, modified no movement clause. David Camp, modified no movement clause. Kelly Yarncroft, modified no movement clause. Ryan Reeves, good luck trying to trade that three-year contract that you just fucking signed. Jesus Sam Christ. Lafferty, $1.15 million. Eh, well, maybe you could move him, but it's not enough. Matthew Nice, you're not moving him. Yarncroft isn't enough. Yarncroft is, is 2.1, and he's got a not modified no movement clause. Hmm. So far, the only player that I've mentioned, other than Matthew Nyes, Pontus Holmberg, and Dylan Gambrell, who are 20, 24, and 26, the only player that I've mentioned that you could possibly move would be Sam Lafferty for $1.15 million. Congratulations, you're halfway there. Oh, by the way, let's look at the defense, shall we? Morgan Riley, no movement clause. Seven years left, by the way. Even if there was no movement clause, I, I'd say good luck moving it, but we did just see Carlson get moved, so mm. it's possible. We'll get to TJ Brody, modified no trade clause. John Klingberg, modified no trade clause. I would explore Brody. I would explore Brody. Modified no trade clause, 4.15. Right now, he's second on your right side depth chart. Or, uh, let's see, Brody is first, sorry. And he's a $5 million defenseman. So you're probably looking at retaining money for him at five mil. Mm. If you retain, let's start with the with the with the ask fifty percent. That's two point five. You're not there yet. Mm-hmm. You can only retain two, at a minimum two, which is fine. But now you're getting pennies on the dollar, mm-hmm. and you're weakening your defense. What the fuck are you going to bring in for TJ Brody? And how does that make you better? Do you piecemeal it? Do you? Do you trade? Do you, do you move a Lafferty, and do you move a Lafferty and a Yarn Crook to? I don't know who has no Ford depth right now. I. That's the thing though. Who's going to want to take <laughs> on two bad contracts? Yarn Crook. They just signed him. He's got three years left on the deal. They just signed Samsonov. Samsonov went to arbitration. They had him last year. I don't know. It's just my point is something has to get done and Mm -hmm. let's rule out who they are not trading. Matthews, Tavares, Marner, Bertuzzi, Domi, Camp, Reeves. No one would take them. Riley, Brody, Klingberg. Because that's your starting defensive. Like that, that's your McAvoy, Carlo and Lindholm. You can't break Mm -hmm. that up unless you're bringing another one in. And you can't afford to do that unless you're getting someone on an ELC, in which case, good fucking luck, because now you're giving up a bunch of firsts. That's one of their only ways out of this, even with Matt Murray on LTIR all season. Do you think that they are? Do you think that? Do you think they're in a position right now where if you're Brad Treveling? Teams know they're fucked. Mm hmm. 
Teams know they're fucked, but there are still some teams that need to get to the cap floor. Like Anaheim. Mm-hmm. Which is why I'd be like, hey, throw throw us TJ Brody. Uh, but how does that make Toronto better? That's what I want to know. Yes, you get rid of TJ Brody, but you've gotten rid of your top one of your top two defensemen. As bad as Brody may be in some people's eyes, he's their top two defenseman. Yeah, he did have a he did have a pretty down year last year, but he's proven that he can play legitimate top four minutes and proven it for years. And that but, and that would help the Ducks. That would help the Ducks if they took on TJ Brody. <laughs> it would help the Ducks in the fact that they would be fielding an entire six NHL defensemen finally in August. <laughs> uh, one, two, three, four, five. No, that would still leave them at five because Drysdale's not signed yet. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Six oh. when Drysdale signs, but I digress. My my point being is looking at Toronto's situation, they have to deal someone. They have to have cap money. They have to want to move that particular player. I mean, they are going to have to deal somebody they don't want to deal. Like, I mean, that, that's obvious. That's and oh, by the way, Nicholas Robertson is still on IR. His home. I, poor, he's, poor been good. he's been good when he's played. Yeah. So what's, I, what's the best ability? Chris? Availability. There you go. But, <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. Now you tell me, uh, Chicago, you pick up the phone and you offer them, let's say... Sam Lafferty and Ilya Samsonov. You're not getting a lot back. What you're getting is your cap relief. We know that as Boston fans, sometimes there's nothing more valuable than your cap space. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm, that's why I'm suggesting if you really look at the numbers, that is, it's a downgrade. I, I'm not denying that it's a downgrade from Samsonov to Jones, mm -hmm. but it's not. But enough it did... of a yeah, it did sort of sound like that you were saying that it was a downgrade, but maybe not. <laughs> it's it's a downgrade. Like uh, if you're playing Jenga and you're on a fresh level and you're pulling out the two side pieces. One's okay. Martin Jones, one is Ilya Samsonov. The tower's not falling, but it just got a lot weaker. It's a strange analogy, but I'll go with it. You can follow it. <laughs> Yeah, I can follow uh, again. You'd rather <laughs> have one of them there. I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> and you'd prefer it to be Samsonov. Mm -hmm. But you're not losing the game. Like, this is a team that's playing for the playoffs. The mm -hmm. whole purpose of this year is to develop Wall to make him ready for the playoffs. Because guess what, baby? You only got him for one more season. After this, after next year, he's an RFA. So you got him this year and next year you better figure out what the fuck he is before he hits RFA status. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you've wasted your window. Oh, by the way, your window is when all those UFAs come to, by the way, you know, Matthews and Marner and Domi and Bertuzzi. And this is it. Do you think this sort of shows that maybe Toronto isn't still isn't sold on Samsung off? Maybe. Well, that's why I said, what about trading Nylander? Because you could get a haul back for Nylander as far as prospects, draft picks, and all it is is a cap dump. However, if you get one kid, one kid who's 20 years old and is ready for the league, defense or offense, doesn't matter. It mm -hmm. makes a huge difference. 
there's a lot to this. Um, and I think at the end, I think at the end of the day, I think at the end of the day, you know, they're going to end up keeping Samson off. But so now you're going Samson off and Jones walls down in, in the Marlies, which is a different problem. You still have to shed money. Uh-huh. But I mean, not as much. You're looking at maybe just Callie Yarncrock at that point. Uh-huh. Maybe you're looking at someone who's slightly overpaid and trying to clear them through waivers and sneak them through. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you wave. Uh, well, no, with the mo- no, no movement clause, you can't wave Yarncrock. No. So you, you can't wave them. But do you Lilligren becomes a movable asset at 1.5, 1.4. Yeah. Do you package and... a do you, do do you like I said, do you piecemeal it? Do you package a couple of players and be like we they're not sold on Timothy Lilligren, even though they should be. Or, and this is a different or maybe they're just not sold on wall and they want to deal them now. Mm-hmm. Do you but, give do you give the Blackhawks wall and say we'll 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 take a sixth for our troubles or something? Well, see, that's where I wonder if, to your point of piecemealing it together, yeah. If you take Kelly Yarncroft and Joseph Wall, mm-hmm. we'll take a third round pick, a second round. We get a second round draft pick. They still got to get to the floor, I believe. I th- I think they're still right on the right on the cap floor. They're right on the floor, but yeah. they have. Don't forget, they have three second round picks. Mm-hmm. So you get said there, there's like, no way in hell they're making all of those picks. Right. You you can have the Kings late second round draft pick for those two guys. And mm-hmm. now you've gotten a better you've gotten better depth at goaltending and you've gotten an additional forward for the depth that you have there. Someone who can play next to, I don't know, Ryan Donato. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it's not perfect, but it gets you to the floor. And now you have a piece or two, maybe. And Wall is the kind of guy that you can move at the deadline if you're Chicago and someone needs a, you know, someone like a, an LA needs them, mm-hmm. you know, because they're going in with Phoenix, Felix, Phoenix Copley and whomever. Oh, Cam Talbot. Cam Talbot, which, mm. you know what? Let's, let's let them go get Ilya Samson off. That's an upgrade for them, too. Well, they were, they, they were, they were aggressive in the, uh, in the, uh, goaltending market. Uh, and they whiffed on every believed. single one. Yeah. That that's the problem is they whiffed. So mm-hmm. anyway, we've spent way more time on, uh, Mr. Martin Jones than, than I had thought we would, but that's okay. Toronto, they like to hog all the spotlight. Yeah. Um, Speaking I'm, I'm going to apologize ahead of time to um to Ian of the Short Shift Pod. He, uh, Martin Jones is his personal is his own personal hell. So, <laughs> sorry, Ian. Sorry, we'll Ian. Move on to another goaltender <laughs> who signed a one year deal. This one with the Ducks, Mister Alex Stalock, of formerly of the Chicago Blackhawks. Mm, speaking of needing cut, speaking of needing uh, goaltending depth, and speaking of needing to get to the cap floor, the yeah. Ducks. We are going to start a team-by-team analysis with the Ducks. Those episodes coming out in the next few days because we're less than we're just about a month away from training camps opening. So we are going to do a team per day till we get to camp. I have a and, feeling uh, that the Ducks episode is going to be like seven minutes long because it's just going to be us asking questions. 
asking questions that we don't have the answers to. We, we don't have answers. So if, if that's the case, we'll end up with a follow-up answer once some things happen for the docs. But what is Pat Verbeek doing? You ever see Office Space? What is it that you do? I was going to say, it reminds me of uh, Barney and How I Met Your Mother. What What do you do for a living? <laughs> Please. Yeah. <laughs> that's all you ever get for an answer. It's like, yeah. what do you do? I sign people to contracts. Yeah. Okay. But for what end? Please. Please. <laughs> I mean, first he goes off with the whopper of a seven by seven for Mr. Troy Terry to avoid arbitration when they weren't even fucking close. Mm -hmm. uh, which, what do you think of the seven by seven for Troy Terry? Just in, in a vacuum, that deal. I think he's legit. I think it's a, I think it's a, I think it's a, it's a deal. I wouldn't say it's a good deal, yeah. but it's a deal that was side? signed. For which side? It was a deal that was signed by Troy Terry to the Anaheim Ducks, which is about the best thing that I can say for it. He's a very good player. That's a star contract. Is Troy Terry a star? He's right on the cusp of it. He's on the cusp of it, so it could go either way. Um, I'm surprised that the player went for seven years. I'm mm -hmm. not surprised the team went for seven years because this is a team right now struggling to get to the cap floor. Mm -hmm. So for them to throw a bag of money at one of their young stars when they have two other ones that they can sign to equal, if not slightly greater deals, uh, it does make sense because what it says is we want you here. Mm -hmm. We want to build around you and we mm -hmm. want you to be a face of our franchise. Now, mm -hmm. if they threw seven at Terry, that tells me they should be throwing 10 for five at Zegris. <laughs> Hope he signs it too. Because mm -hmm. if I'm Zegris, I look at that deal and I go, I'll do 10 for three. Mm -hmm. I'll do mm -hmm. 10 by three or whatever it is that takes him right up to the last year being an RFA. Yeah. That way there, when he goes, I do 10 by three or I don't sign Dick. Right. Even 10 by two. Yeah. Even 10 by two. Because if you can hit arbitration with the way his projections are, mm -hmm. good luck in that one. Right. And then obviously you have Mason McTavish coming up. That's why I'm saying if love you, him as a player, by the way, if you can get Terry for seven now and you can get uh, Drysdale and Zegris for five, then in if you can get Drysdale for anything right now, <laughs> right. Well, Drysdale, I think, is going to be a little easier because he's coming off the injury. Mm -hmm. So you could probably get him on a bridge, like, 3.5 deal. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's a little bit of an overpay. Little, in quotes. Um, you got to get to the cap floor, baby. That's why you give Alex Kalorn 6.5. They gave him four. Four years, sorry. Yeah. They gave Wait. him, I'm trying to pull it up right now. They gave him four mil. I think oh, it was four four. What am what am I thinking? Six point five. Oh no, it was six point two five. You're right. Yeah. Okay. They gave Alex Kalorn six point two five. And uh they also gave Radko Gudis. That Gudis was the four mil. That's okay. what it was. Three by four. Yeah. But see, those moves. You want to talk about somebody cashing in on a cup run. Right. <laughs> or really on one photo. But yeah. if you want to give <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that was a hell of a photo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the thing is, is those are win-now moves. No, sort of. I, I wouldn't think those are win-now those, those win moves. Those are, oh, God, we... I, we let me... 
Those are let's start shifting the direction of the Titanic moves. Yeah. And when it's already hit the iceberg, got it. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I mean, the hitting the iceberg got him Leo Carlson. So, which even then, Adam Fancelli was right there. To be fair, Leo Carlson's going to be a good pro. Fantilli's going to be a star. There's no doubt in my mind. Down the middle, their future is going to be Carlson, McTavish, and Zegris. Okay. I'll fuck with that. Or or you're going to have a top line. Listen to this one. You're going to have a top line of McTavish, Strom, and Zegris. With a second line, what? No, go ahead. With a second line of Carlson, McTavish, and Brock McGinn. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding on him. <laughs> I was going to say, Brock, but you, the guy who was waived last year is going to be on your top six. I'm just, the door. I'm just kidding with Brock McGinn. No, they traded for him, but. No, he's 29. He's not going to be on the team by the time those that comes around. But think about that first line. Uh, <laughs> if, actually, you're, if, if your age ends in a seven, you're gone. <laughs> if it starts with a two, you're gone. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I don't I don't know. It, we're going to dissect this team a lot more. Um, mm-hmm. But it, I understand the deal going for seven. He is right now your lone pillar. Like mm-hmm. the only people you have signed as long as him are Alex Kalorn, Ryan Strom, both for four years, mm-hmm. John Gibson with four years left, who wants out, by the way. Uh, and that's it. Everyone else is three or less. Someone save John Gibson. Uh, well, right now he's helping him hit the cap floor. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we're, we're not quite get there. But that's another. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. Uh, John Gibson, I think, gets dealt since Eric Carlson got dealt. I think there's going to be something there. Um, you want to touch uh, on that uh, one? What's that? You want to touch on that one? No, I don't have any details. I just think someone's going to look at him and be like, let's save him. I think we can fix him. I mean, the Eric Carlson deal. Do you want to touch yeah. on that one? Ah, uh, yes. Eric Carlson trade. Do I want to touch on it? Of course. Uh, I can't keep track of everybody that went everywhere, but luckily I, I can. All I know is Eric Carlson to Pittsburgh. And a bunch of other people went a bunch of other places. No, uh, I'll let you. Well, I mean, you are that this is an accurate statement that you've just made. Um, so in 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 this trade, in in uh, Kyle Dubas's fucking magnum opus, I guess Eric Carlson goes to San Jose. Eric Carlson goes to Pittsburgh. Sorry, there you go. There you go. <laughs> also, Rem Pitlick, twenty-six-year-old depth forward, prospect Dylan Hamaluk. And a 2026 third rounder and Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh, uh, that was what Pittsburgh received. Yeah, that's what Pittsburgh received. San Jose gets Pittsburgh's first 2024 first, Mikel Grandland, Jan Ruda, and Mike Hoffman. Plus, they only retain 1.5 of Carlson's salary, which is amazing on Mike Greer's part, but mm-hmm. we'll come back to that. We will come back to that. And Montreal, for being a willing participant in this smut film. Yeah, it's <laughs> Pittsburgh's 2025 second. Jeff Petrie, Casey goaltender Casey DeSmith, and prospect Nathan Laguerre, who's already been now, dealt twice, so he's whatever. 
It's just now, the French, French kid goes to Montreal. Yeah, right. That's a headline. Um, yeah. Let's start with your initial thoughts first. I, I, want, I want your thoughts before I want to show you my summary of this. I think Pittsburgh did well. Um, does this make them a cup contender? No. Was this Dubas's best shot of squeezing every last drop of juice out that he could for the core for Crosby, Malkin, and Latang? I think so. So here's my first notice. Pittsburgh. Also, I think San Jose did really well as well. Pit, Pittsburgh gives up a, a 2024 first, a 2025 second. They give up Jeff Petrie, Casey DeSmith, a prospect, Mike, Mikkel Granlin, and Jan Ruda. So what is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven assets mm-hmm. to bring in Eric Carlson and Rem Pintlick, Dylan Hamilick, and a third-round draft pick. If all they got in this was the third round pick and Carlson, it would have been fine for them mm-hmm. because we all saw Pittsburgh last year. And and I know it was a single point in a game against Chicago. That's not my point. <laughs> they were barely out of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. All right. But they were a mess. They were a mess internally. They were a disaster. Jan Ruda, Mikel Granlin were not answers for them. Jeff Petrie was not an answer for them. And Casey DeSmith was no savior for them in goal. So mm-hmm. they didn't give up. They gave up a lot of nothing. And you know they, they got thought, younger in this trade? Well, that's because they sent five guys out. That changes your average. They got younger. And also, how bad was the other guy? Which other guy? Ron Hextall. Oh, God. I mean, this uh, this literally hits the edit undo button, brings in the North Jersey <laughs> candidate. That is EA. That is what you, that is, I didn't mean to hit accept trade and you reload the save file. Exactly. That is, that is saying, <laughs> but on top of that, not only did you reload the save file, but you somehow acquired a Norris trophy winning defenseman. Yeah. Minus 26, but whatever. Right he still won the damn award and, and it, whatever I, I, he got the award. It is whether it or is. not it chaps. Anybody's ass is immaterial. He won the award on this team. He doesn't have to play defense. Mm-hmm. They don't care about stopping goals. They care about scoring them. Yeah. If they cared about stopping them, Tristan Jari wouldn't be their starting goaltender. I'm sorry. Alex Nedeljkovic wouldn't be their starting goaltender. <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> Well, I mean, if you give Tristan, you could give Tristan Jerry five years at five point three million because that money was earmarked for Linus Olmark or Jeremy Swayman, depending on who you believe. Trade that you overshot, that you overcommit, that you overplayed your hand on. Either way, and it sounds like Montreal. Here's the funny part: Montreal is already flipping Jeff Petrie. I mean, I, I mean, I think that was that that was to be expected. I don't think I think they had no they have no designs on keeping Petrie. I don't. Think I think so. Petrie's a fine second pairing defenseman on a good team. He just sure. needs a rebound. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and and honestly, San Jose, like their biggest thing is is they don't have an albatross for the next four years. Think about right. this, Mike Greer. They have one. They have one bad contract on the books now. 
Mark, uh, Mark Edward Vlasic. That's it. But he's on there for three more seasons. So, like, the length of the rest of this rebuild, mm-hmm. he's at seven mil. Mm-hmm. It, that's a lot more tradable than double digits. Yeah. And I think I think Greer did really well. I, I saw you and Ian went back and forth a little bit, and I kind of mm-hmm. thought about it after, and I saw you your comments too. Like, when you consider the clusterfuck that Greer came into, like... You know that meme where somebody walks into a room that is like, it's like, you know, there's food all over the walls and like the, the lamp is cracked and somebody's looking around the room and they say, bitch, you live like this? That was Greer walking into this job. Oh, see, I thought you were going to say he's the one with the dog in the middle with everything on fire around him. That too. But he, but he did the only difference with that meme is that he wasn't saying everything was fine. He goes, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no he, he calculated if I spray water here, I yeah. put this fire out. If I spray yeah. water over here, I put this fire out. And yes. like, he's he's got some good tradable assets if they're playing well. Because the rebuild can start now. I think that's the biggest part of this trade for San Jose is that the rebuild the they can start they can start accruing draft picks and they can start like some of the some of the prospects that they got in the team in the um in the uh, Timo Meyer deal, for example, yeah. and you know. They got they got some more capital and they got some they got some NHL players like you said they could they could flip at the deadline and insulate some of the younger players that maybe aren't ready yet. Mikel Granlin, for instance, like mm-hmm. on on a good team. Again, keyword good team. I mean, you're talking about a four three point scorer. You're talking about a perfect middle six forward. Like, tell me. You wouldn't want Mikel Granlin on the Boston Bruins in the middle six. If I get Mikel Granlin from two years ago, hell yeah. But the thing is, is his contract at five mil for this year and next year is a good contract. It's not fantastic, but at the trade deadline, someone might overpay for him. By that's overpay. a second round pick, easy. I was just saying by an over by an overpay, that's a second round pick. Take the fr- Mikhail Granlin's the kind of guy. Okay, great. You're offering me a third, sold. Yeah. If, if I'm if I'm San thought. Jose, sold. You take the first third rounder that walks through the door. You want to know the real chip in this one? You got Anthony Hoffman. Duclair for three mil, and mm-hmm. you have Mike Hoffman for four point five, both on expiring contracts. Both but both good good middle like middle six snipers who We'll be playing top six minutes. Trade deadline. On... Hi, Buffalo. You're still in this thing. Yeah. Which one do you want? <laughs> do you I'm want the young one? Do you want the younger one? Or do you want the old one? They're both well, producing. Hey, guess what? We'll also throw Jan Ruda into the deal. So you can help bolster your defense a little bit more. Like they have options. Greer, no, Greer, Greer has a plan in mind, which is more than you could say for the for I don't know the last plan. He has a direction. A direction. No, no, <laughs> no, no. I'll, I'll push back on that. I think this shows a plan. You think so? Do any of these guys last the year on the on the San Jose Sharks? Legitimate question. I think so. I I think so. I think they'll hang on to, to Granland because I think in the offseason his value would be higher. But this is, but this is, this is putting them in a position where they know that they're not going to be that all that competitive. Hold on. 
You still need the ISO. You still need the ISO team competitive right. enough to get your fans in the building set. And McGraw, Mikel Granlin helps with that. Second of all, the cap going in from to the 24, 25 season supposed to be about $4 million more than it is right now. We that fucking one, hope that is almost one full Mikel Granlund onto someone's roster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now if a team that just went from having 10 mil now has 14 mil, they look at Mikel Granlund and go, Oh shit, we can fill a middle six forward role decently a, a, a you know top three uh not top three but uh a second line winger role for five million bucks hey guess what that's how much jake debrusque is making mm-hmm. like there you go i'm not saying boston but i'm just saying that's kind of what you're getting there i so, i i've always liked granlin as a player Sure. It seems it seems like a lot of his a lot of his defense a lot of his defensive metrics have taken a nosedive the last two seasons, but that could be just you know a product of Nashville getting worse, and also a product of just not being a fit in Pittsburgh. And let's be real, for the Sharks, we're gonna get into our Sharks day at some point, but mm-hmm. they're in the Pacific. Do you trust the Ducks to make the playoffs? No. Do you trust the Flames to make the playoffs? Trust them on a hard yes. Trust them on a hard yes. I'll I'll go give him give him a flaccid yes. Okay, but uh, that's not. The Oilers, they're in. The Kings are in. Yeah, the Kraken are probably in, and the I'd Golden say. Knights, if they're healthy, are in. Do you trust them to stay healthy all year? I don't know. That's a lot of hockey that would be played in so, a short amount of time. So what you're telling me is with a middling group of really decent talent the san jose sharks can't potentially flutter with a playoff line for a little they might while flutter with it they might flutter with it for like maybe half a season maybe they maybe they do surprise maybe, maybe mckenzie blackwood uh finds it again stays healthy yeah but again and that's another piece that is flippable at the deadline just saying so mm-hmm. i i i like the deal for san jose because it doesn't make them worse in the sense that they oh, weren't no. going anywhere with him. They're mm-hmm. still not going anywhere without him, but they have a lot more pieces that they can go somewhere in the future with. Yeah. Uh, and Montreal, good for Montreal. Like, I, I hate to say it, but like, with, remember, Matembo was a waiver claim. Mm-hmm. And their only other goaltender is Jake Allen. Mm. With a modified no trade clause, by the way. Who gave him that? Oh, that was Armstrong, I think. Oh, wait, was it? Or Bergevin? did did Berge, oh. did was it Bergevin? Oh God, I no way, so. was it? Uh, I'll look it up. Hmm. He signed this deal. Oh, it's Kent Hughes. Oh, Kent Hughes gave him the mod. Eh. Two year, three point eight five. It was a stopgap contract because at the end of the day, mm-hmm. let's face it, they were originally planning on having Carey Price in net. Yeah, and that's obviously not going to happen. So yeah, uh, you know, all the best to Carey Price, but that just it's it's not happening. That that contract is living on LTIR now, which is mm-hmm. fine, but it gives them like, uh, I don't know if I'd say it gives them depth, but Matembo is okay. The Smith is okay. Like you have a lot of okay in your goaltending. 
right now. Right. And Kate and I I think I think there was some thought to Caden Primo being the next guy over in Montreal. I don't think he is. I think the 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 search for the goaltender of the future continues in earnest. Well, the thing is what this does is it allows them to let Caden Primo sizzle. Mhm. They don't have to rush them. Honestly, this is a team that I look at and I say, I can see them carrying an extra forward, an extra defenseman, and an extra goaltender to round okay. out their 23. Because right now, last year they were pummeled with injuries. You know, I mean, think about it. Last year they had Monaghan on the list, Caulfield on the list, Jack Eye on the list, Slavkovsky on the list. Like, those guys are all going to be back this year. Mm-hmm. Like if everybody plays to their potential and to, to close to more towards their ceiling, Montreal is going to be sneaky. Good. I think they're one to two years away. But I, see where you're going I don't think they're ready to win. Yeah. They're, they're going to be sneaky. Good. The problem is, is what they're going to have to do. What St. Louis is going to have to do is juggle injury bugs. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, and I guess the question is, is St. Louis the guy going forward too? Like, them, do you yes. get to a certain point of a rebuild? Is he the rebuild coach? And then you get a, like, I don't want to say a real coach because St. Louis is a real coach. But do you have St. Louis? I think Ken Hughes is riding St. Louis through the Caulfield window because mm-hmm. Caulfield got better under St. Louis. He couldn't uh, get worse. Under, he couldn't get worse under Ducharme, to be fair. No, but Suzuki's also better under him. Mm-hmm. Anderson's bad. Like all the individual players play better under St. Louis than they did before. Mm-hmm. So the way I look at it is St. Louis is attached to Cole Caulfield. Mm-hmm. Okay. Once, once they make a determination that Caulfield is no longer a franchise guy for them, St. Mm-hmm. Louis is out too. Mm-hmm. Do you think he's a franchise dude? Uh, I haven't been convinced that he doesn't have what it takes. I think the contract that he is on is phenomenal for Montreal. Mm -hmm. Uh, The fact that they have Nick Suzuki lined up, they have a a solid first line one, two punch. Um, The biggest issue right now for them is everything behind the blue line, like their Mm -hmm. defense and and maybe Petrie helps if he sticks around, but your top defenseman right now is Mike Matheson. That's my point. It's not fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. Like our Arbor Jack eye is kind of the start of it. And then they just drafted that other kid this year, Reidenbacher or whatever his yeah. name is. Who might not even be in North America this year because their fans are fucking insane. Which chill the fuck out, Montreal. You're not winning with Reidenbacher and you're not winning without him either. Yeah. Like calm, calm the fuck down, man. Calm down. Let them develop the kid, and then, and then in four years, then determine that he sucks. Like at least give him a couple years to <laughs> at least let him suck first. <laughs> right. God, we did the same thing with Zach Sinition around here. At least let him suck first. <laughs> nah, good kid though. Zach was. But Thanks. anyway, I digress. Uh, this is already going on a little longer than than I I thought it would, but that's okay because we haven't. Talked I saw that coming from a mile time. away, and you should have too. Hundred <laughs> percent. This is partly your fault. <laughs> Always my fault. Um, you know what else is my fault? Some reason, some way, the Capitals thought it was a good idea to sign their own seven-year deal with Tom Wilson for seven mil per. Uh, thoughts? 
That's what I thought. I'm trying not to. So think let's about move on to Matt I'm Dumba. To have them. I'm trying not to have them. <laughs> <laughs> what are you? No, no. Let's let's stick on this. Okay. There's a culture. There's a culture argument here. It's like he's he's gonna be he's gonna be the captain in the post OV years and the in the uh, in the in the lean years, which we all know are coming, and we all know that this is the, the that the the what this organization there is one goal in mind the record nothing no, nothing nothing puck. else get over the puck get him in his office shoot the one timer ask questions never that's there's no celebrate there's no, often celebrate often there's no other there's no other purpose there's no other purpose but, but after what how many years at his current pace does Ovechkin need to break the record two how many years three. has he got left on his contract? Two? Three. This He's year. Got three, okay. okay. So this this is literally the first pillar for the post-Ovechkin era. Mm-hmm. Because once his contract is up, he'll be 40. He'll have the record, quote unquote, likely have the record. And you move on from him. Right. Backstrom off the books. Kuznetsov off the books. Oshi off the books. You have a complete and total restart with Ryan Strom, Tom Wilson as the only ones on the books. Mm -hmm. That's what this is staking claim to. And is it an overpay? Sure. But guess what? It's only an overpay right now, but it doesn't kick in until next year. This was an extension. Mm -hmm. So... Barring and, and he's 29, he plays a physical game. We all know what happened to guys like Milan Lucic and stuff, but I also think there was a lesson learned. There's a major injury in there, though. What for Wilson? Which one? It was the shoulder injury. He was out for half a year this year. Yeah. Let's see how he does this year. Mm-hmm. Because this deal has the potential to look really good because Wilson. Wilson has been. That's a hot take. What? That's a that's a hot take that 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 this deal could that this deal could look good. It could. Think about what Tom Wilson has been known as, the Mm -hmm. physical guy who brute forces his way, but also has the a scoring touch. Mm -hmm. You mean to tell me he can't dial back the physicality? He just can't dial it back. I mean, is it? But but in that regard, is is safe death. You know, you forget what got you there. You right. know what I mean? If, if, if you, your ability to hit someone is completely irrelevant from your ability to put the puck in the back of the net. Mm-hmm. If you can find a way to put the puck in the back of the net, you're always going to have a job in this league. Sure. Circle sure. teammate Alex Ovechkin. Sure. So with Tom Wilson, maybe in three years, He's a third line guy. Mm-hmm. All right. But if he's a third line guy who can get you 40, 50 points and is wearing your C, is 6.5 not worth it for that? I mean, at the, I mean, at the, for me, the money, the money isn't necessarily the problem. It's the term. It's the term. Sure. But by the same token, you if don't get him without the term. You don't get him without the term. But also, is that 
are you so tunnel visioned focused on the Ovechkin goal is giving him seven years. It's like, yeah, whatever. We'll deal with it in fucking 2028. You know, is that, is, 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 is that the mindset here? Is that going to be Brian McLaren's problem? Or, or whomever. (laughs) That's my point. If I'm Brian McLaren, I don't give a fuck that it's seven years because if Mm -hmm. I'm still here in four, I'll take the problem. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because my tenure is going to be known as the tenure that got Ovi the goal record. Right. That's what my tenure in this organization is. Like, if you're Spencer Carberry, what's your tenure going to be known as? I'm the coach who got Ovechkin the record. Mm-hmm. That's what you play for right now. You play to be mediocre, physical, in every game, get over the puck. Is that weird? Do you think that's weird as like a neutral fan? Yes, but they're in my division. So I, who the fuck am I to stop them? <laughs> <laughs> That's or not. I mean, there division. are a conference. We're in a different division, but yeah, you get my point. I get, I get your point. Sure. Oh, you want to play for the goal record as opposed to knocking them out of the playoffs for me? That's fine. God, have fun. You can knock somebody else out of the playoffs because of that goal. <laughs> have fun, kids. <laughs> I mean, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be right. you know stick time over in Washington. Some some of this you know, and they're still over the cap, by the way. Yeah, seven hundred grand. So they got to move somebody. Enjoy but, your in, in, enjoy your next three years of 37, 37, and eight. Pretty much. <laughs> so, I, I, I mean, I get in a vacuum, I don't hate the deal as much as I should if I'm a Washington fan. But again, it stakes the foundation for the post Ovechkin era. Yeah. And I think that's the point. I think that's the point of it. I, I, uh, fuck Tom Wilson as somebody who has whose team has been victimized by Tom Wilson's antics on more than one occasion a little bit but but the 7 years is what gets me but you, but you're right you know you don't get you don't get that foundational pillar that foundational piece without the term and it's 7 years 6.5 6.5 is whatever the cap is going to shoot the fuck up we hope next year and the year after and the year after. So the other way I'm looking at it too, let me, let me put this little perspective on it too. Mm. The contract kicks in when he's 30 years old, mm-hmm. it ends when he's 37. Mm-hmm. So you're bitching about years 35, 36 and 37. Mm. That's really what you're on the fence about. Correct. Well, yeah, no. Yeah. And that was well, like, the, that was the, the, the base, the basic point of what I was right. saying is like, is so it in those three the, years? Right. The idea is that at 35, 36 and 37, he'll have the experience, the leadership, wisdom and the ability to hold the cojones of that locker room. (laughs) All right. By that point, 6.5 is going to be nothing on the cap. Mm hmm. So, yeah, the term sucks now, but I I really don't think we're going to look back at this and go, holy fuck, Milan Lucic Mm 2.0. I don't think we will. It'll be more like 1.1. Well, you'll see the. Well, I mean, like you said, you got to see what he does this year. Because, well, I mean, if the shoulders. How do you respond? How do you respond 
how does the body respond to a major major injury like that's that? just it if the shoulder's fucked and he can't play and he's done then the contract is as bad as any contract in the league it doesn't matter if it's 800 grand or if it's 8.5 million if the player can't play it's a wasted contract mm-hmm. right that's what the insurance is for so like at, at the end of the day you got to get through this year and, and see um and you know who else wants to get through this year is Matt Dumba signing with the Coyotes. That deal is, that deal is, please rehabilitate my career for the love of Christ. That's John Klingberg signing with Anaheim. Oh, 100%. 100%. 2.0. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the difference, Dumba had a terrible year last year. Let's not mince words. Yeah, well, so did Arizona. So it was almost a perfect fit. <laughs> they found <laughs> love in the desert. <laughs> right. The difference though is, is, I think I think Arizona is trying to turn their Titanic before the iceberg. Bold move. <laughs> I think that's what they're trying to do. They've made some other okay moves. They've Zucker. come out and said they want to try to win now. Mm-hmm. And the moves kind of match that philosophy. <laughs> Guys, we're trying now. Honest. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I also think they realized once their once their stadium got shot down, that now they actually have to put a winning team together to come to a stadium that they have to actually purchase. Mm-hmm. Which I know they were buying. I know they were buying it, but <laughs> this other proposal, which I know you wanted to touch on, mm-hmm. I I'm sure will cost them a lot more money. Oh, it sure will. But Morello has pockets. Morello has deep pockets. I don't think that's a problem. I I think. No, but if you look at their original entertainment super center, we'll call it, that would have generated a lot more of the money back a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. So now what he's trying to do is he's trying to go, fuck, I got to buy land, build a stadium, invest a lot more cash up front. While is this Gary Bettman throwing his hands up in the air saying, do it your fucking self. Right. And, and this is him now going, okay, well, if I put a winning product on the ice, then I can win some of that back because I don't have mm-hmm. to rely on revenue share. Right. So I, I really do think there's a little bit of a ph- philosophical shift. I'm just not sure they know how to do it. I mean, if that's like, if, if it's a, this is like the kid that like sort of just shoves everything under their bed and tells mom that they clean their room. Pretty much. <laughs> I'll be interested to see how it goes. The guy mm-hmm. is going to get infinite ice time as much as he can possibly skate his lungs out to. Mm-hmm. Um, they're in the central. I mean, <laughs> there's enough dumpster fire out there that, that you never know what can happen. Um, I mean, what? He's going to be paired with Sean Dursey? Mm-hmm. Sean, Sean Dursey, Matt Dumba, that's not a terrible first line pair. That's not a first line pair on a playoff team, to be fair, but <laughs> but they're not a playoff team. They're not a playoff team. <laughs> so you described also, it quite well. Can we can we can we touch can we touch on something on the on the statement where they said that they're gonna that they purchased the they purchased the plot in Mesa, Arizona, which sounds like a western waiting to happen. But they called Logan Cooley the greatest prospect in the world. Have they not? Did Connor Bedard die? (laughs) No, he's just not in this world. (laughs) Oh, that is very fair. (laughs) That's good. That's a good one. I like that. 
<laughs> I see where yeah, he's going. I that I'm like, I'm like, I know you're, I, I, I know you're tugging your own tits a little bit here, but man, that is a brazen statement. <laughs> no, that is the statement that they had to write into the "please don't go back to college" contract. Yeah, right. We have to, we have to tout you. We have to tout you as our next, our next great hope. Which Wait, he might be. He's very. He is very good. To be fair, he is. A, he is a top prospect in the NHL. He's not the best prospect in the world. Please shut up. <laughs> Arizona's going to be very fucking interesting to watch. They're going to be fun. They're going to be fun. If nothing else, they're going to be fun. Because well, think about it. Last year they were not terrible to watch. They were pretty fun to watch. Granted, mm-hmm. some of that was the whole Mullet Arena stuff. But, like, their first line could legitimately be Logan Cooley, Nick Schmaltz, and Clayton Keller. Mm-hmm. Like, holy fuck. With, with a second line of Nick Bukestad, uh, Matthias Maselli, and Barrett Hayden. I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying this right now. Matthias Maselli is the next David Krejci. He's going to be so underrated. Mm-hmm. It did my point exactly. I wouldn't be surprised, and and this might be a, a a hot take, but I wouldn't be surprised if they look at moving Schmaltz come trade deadline time, because he's no, only I don't got... think that's a hot take at all. I think I I could definitely see that. That's a that 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 is a that that is going to be a piece that it's worth its weight in gold. And I hope a team like Boston is right on the is is on the cusp of. Buying. If I'm Boston, I'm sniffing all around that. Of course. And if I'm Arizona, I sit there and I go, okay. Um, Brett Harrison, Fabian Lysel, and a second. And I, I'm depending on I'm, where I am in the standings, I'll say done. Depending on where I am in the standings. If you're Boston. Mm-hmm. If I'm Boston, I don't give a fuck where I'm in the standings. A 27 year old center who can also play the right wing uh, for 5.8 for this year, next year, and the year after for that package, I'm all mm-hmm. over that mm-hmm. because that allows me to put um, that allows me to put Smaltz Zaka as my one two down the middle, mm-hmm. put Coil right back on the third pair where I on the third line where I want him. Mm-hmm. Now you have Zaka Smaltz coil down the middle mm-hmm. that's a pretty solid centerpiece i'll fuck with that now you got to figure out which one do you want to put posternock with but i'd leave him with zaka and then i i would probably go with um marshawn schmoltz de brusque marshawn schmoltz de brusque would be a hell of a second line mm-hmm. and, and now you got van reamsdyke with coil and and freddie Boom. Everything falls into place for that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it doesn't cost them anything off of their current roster. The problem is they don't have the money. Mm-hmm. So that's where you have to work in. Fuck it. I'm gonna say it. Swim in for for Vimelka. Get out of here. <laughs> I like Vimelka. To be fair, I think he's 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 the. If you put him on a playoff team, he's 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 a top half goalie in the league. I do it because of the money. Easily. I do it because of the money. Okay. Okay. And uh, Vimelka on a playoff. V- Vimelka in Boston or Swayman in Boston? Who do you think would have a higher ceiling? Vimelka with real defense. That's a tough one. 
Right. Do you think Vimelka like becomes a star with a defense with a pulse? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I think he's very good. I think there's a reason why LA was prepared to go get Vimelka and Chikrin last year. Mm -hmm. I think it got out at a time where LA didn't want it to get out. And that's why they said, fuck it. We're going to do it our way or we're not doing it at all. So they mm -hmm. walked away. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Vimelka is a starting goaltender. Mm -hmm. Period. Yeah. He's the kind of guy Toronto needs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it all comes full circle. <laughs> and it all comes full circle. But that trade ain't ever going to happen. So uh, the last, last little thing, and this will probably be the quickest for us to touch on. Uh, first of all, RIP to uh, C1 in Boston. Patrice Bergeron, you will forever be missed as he retires off into the sunset. I'm, I'm still, I'm still a very, I'm still an emotional wreck. It's fine. That, it's fine. It's fine. Here's the thing. It won't hit me until probably December. <laughs> I'm putting off the grief. No, think of it this way. Last year, we started the season without McAvoy, Grizzly, and Marshan, and we were totally fine. <laughs> this year, for the first month and a half, almost two months of the season, until the first time they, he's in the building in a suit. That's mm -hmm. when it's going to hit. Right. Because up well, until that point, it's going to be, it's going to feel like he's injured. <laughs> it, it, it will. Yeah. The full team until Bergie comes back. That's what it's going to mm -hmm. feel like. And then mm -hmm. all of a sudden, the screen's going to pan over former NHL Boston Bruin Patrice Bergeron. And that's when you're going to go, fuck, he's not coming back. Mm -hmm. He ain't injured. This is surreal. This yeah. is our team. He ain't injured. And that's why he's now, that's why he walked away. So he can remain that way. <laughs> yeah. I've only seen clips from his, uh, from his press conference, but mm -hmm. he just, he, he's there. A man at peace. I couldn't be happier for him. Mm -hmm. That's a man at peace. No, what I saw in the clips that I've seen, there's no second guessing it. Yeah, exactly. There's and, a man. And that, the man who knew what he wanted. I don't know about that. I think he is accepted the decision that his body has made. That's fair. That's a that's a fair assessment. Because we did have the reports that he was working out in Boston. Shout out Dom Tiano for those. I have a feeling, and I know that like even Ty Anderson said that those were recorded on breakup day. I have a feeling those were recorded with the mindset of, hey, we think and Bergie thinks this might be it. So let's record something now so it's as authentic as it can be. Mm -hmm. If we don't need it, we'll trash it. Mm -hmm. We'll let you know if we need it. So, on you, so from the sound of it, from the sound of it, it sounds like that you think that he went to ramp up his body again to start the year and his I body didn't so. respond. I have a feeling the conversation was something along the lines of, I'm not sure I'll be back next year. I, I need to take the off season to think about it. And I will let you all know when I know for sure. And mm -hmm. what upper management did was they said, Bergie might not come back, come in here, say a few words. Bergeron's retired. Mm -hmm. What, what are your words? Yeah. And they put them in the mindset that Bergeron's not coming back. And they mm -hmm. all kind of sat there and they went, okay, 
I don't know for sure. Because if you ask, if you saw any of the interviews, none of the players even hinted, like, I don't think he'll be back. It was literally, Bergie will tell us when he knows. Right. He's earned the right to take his time. Bergie will tell us when he knows. And I truly believe that's what they all felt. Even mm -hmm. having recorded that, they knew in the back of their minds, like, this is a mindset. And also, let's not forget how distraught they all were after the loss, by the way. Mm -hmm. So not necessarily all of the emotion comes just from, hey, Bergeron just retired. Like, right. no, it's say a few words about Patrice Bergeron. He might not be back this year, next year. He may end up retiring. Go. Mm -hmm. And then you just, it takes them three minutes, go in, say something, and then move on. And then they cut it all in the editing room, whatever. And then when the word comes down, after he goes, he starts to ramp up his body and his body says, yeah, no. Yeah. No, and thanks. I think it's a combination of his body saying that and him sitting there going, I don't want to take an hour just to get ready to go out on the ice. I don't want my prep mm -hmm. time. When the prep time becomes longer than the practice time, mm -hmm. that's when certain gears start to shift. And I'm sure he consulted mm -hmm. other players, you know, your Borks, your Oars, your, you know, Chara, I'm sure you know, guys like that. And they just kind of all told them when, when you, when your body knows you'll know. And mm -hmm. he just kind of sat there and he went, I don't miss I it as much as I thought I would. I'm not, I'm good, you know? And then he started doing other things and he realized, you know what? I don't need it. Mm -hmm. And my body. Well said. Hurts. <laughs> And so as much as he wants to play, he is content with the message from his body. Mm -hmm. And, he's, and listening, he's listening to his body. Yeah, exactly. And that's mm -hmm. all I can ask. I couldn't be happier for him. I, I, I it's bittersweet, but at the same mm -hmm. time, I would much rather feel this than the alternative of, oh shit, he just had a career ending injury. Mm -hmm. like he it wasn't decided mid-season for him it wasn't mm -hmm. a matter of this is my last hurrah it was it's time yeah and i'm okay with that and he's not the type to like have like a year-long celebration oh god no that is so not yeah. him yeah it's and not it was, it's not a david ortiz situation no no um yeah. and, and and i think you see guys like freddie and swayman who just got their their money you know, in their arb arbitration and almost arbitration hearing, you know, McAvoy, like all the young kids who played with him for two, three seasons all sit mm -hmm. there and they go, we got to carry this on. So now's also a good time for it. Mm -hmm. So uh, love, love the contracts for both Swayman and Frederick. Couldn't be happier about them for both sides. Yeah. Um, I think they both work. They both work. I I like the flexibility they kept by doing Swayman for only one season. That to me mm -hmm. is Don Sweeney making the hard decision, but the better decision. It's an easy decision to say, we'll lock him up for two. That's the easy decision. Mm -hmm. It's much harder to say, we'll wait and do this again next year. 
but that gives you so much more flexibility. It's the better decision. I think there's a humanistic side to this deal <clears throat> where Sweeney is saying, take a little, take less than you're willing to take now and we'll take care of you next year. If the season goes the way that we think it's going to go for you. There's that. And also I think they're going to try to flip flop the two roles this year. Mm -hmm. Swayman's going to be the, the number one, a all marks going to be the one B because then it makes dealing all mark easier. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, 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 I, I don't know when they do that, one of the two. But then again, I look at Swayman and I go, if you put Swayman in a package, right? Let, let's say you're 500 come trade deadline. Swayman mm -hmm. and DeBrus could swing you a, a top-line center going forward, someone who shakes up. Mm -hmm. You know, a, a young prospect type, you know, someone, someone like a Quinton Byfield. Don't put that in my That's head, man. <laughs> it, I use the name simply because they oh. are a prospect laden team who needs help on in goal and DeBrusque would help their top six. And if there's money to be swung and stuff like that, like it could, it can, it can happen. Maybe a Shane, Wright, You know, someone like that, someone mm -hmm. in that age of 20 to 24. Agreed. Oh, um, honestly, depending on how their season's going, maybe even a Barrett Hayden or Matthias Maselli, you know, I, I, Maselli's more of a winger, so I'm not sure he'd be the target, but Barrett Hayden, for instance, you know, like that, that's a name that could come up, you know, RFA at the end of the year, 23 years old, like now that they have some of the other young guys in their system, a, a guy like Jake DeBrusque coming in, he he would wear a letter in Arizona. DeBrusque, yeah. And Jeremy Swayman, while he wouldn't wear a letter, he would command respect in that locker room. Mm -hmm. And I think that this, this goes into what we've been saying all along, is that if this team is a little belly up at the trade deadline, Self. Nothing is sacred. Nothing is sacred. Pasternak. And I think and that's fair. Yeah. Pasternak, McAvoy, and, and maybe a couple of other ancillary pieces like a Carlo and stuff. But I, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm removing all the possible nails that I can without a screwdriver. Mm -hmm. Nothing's mm -hmm. that nothing's not bolted down. Right. That's the thing. And Sweeney has the option. So anyway, um, any final thoughts on this particular episode? I know we're we're going to dive into some of the the team dissection pieces going forward. Uh, okay. We are going to start doing that from the bottom up. So the questionable ducks we'll start with. Um, that that that's can't be a long episode, man. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that one may have an amendment in a couple weeks. Yeah, probably. I, I think that's where we're leaning on that one. Um, mm -hmm. But no, this 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 went a little longer than planned. So I, that's that's us though. Um, I hope you were listening to it with the uh, 1.5 speaker pace, because <laughs> that definitely makes it a lot more manageable. Mm -hmm. um, 
but yeah, any any final thoughts to wrap up this uh, this bridge episode as we get into the nitty gritty roster dissections going forward? The playoff, way too early guesses. Um, training camp, get here soon, please. <laughs> hey, you know what? The way we have it lined up, to, th- this is coming out on uh, on Thursday. So we'll have 32 days left, uh, 30, 33, 32, something like something that before like camp. That. So about a team per day, and then we'll do, uh, we'll do the conferences and the divisions. So mm-hmm. lots coming from us here on puck off. And, uh, I, I guess Andrew has no other final thoughts. I am, I am, I am wiped. My friend, I have, my head is, my head has been emptied. Well, puck off then. I puck off yourself. Oh, yeah, the Eric Carlson deal. Oh, man, I can't even keep track of all the details, but I'll let you go first. So let me pull. I'm I'm going to give me a moment. I'm going to pull the I'm killing times. So... In, in uh, Kyle Dubas's fucking magnum opus, I guess. Eric Carlson goes to San Jose. Eric Carlson goes to Pittsburgh. Sorry. There you go. There you go. 